And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Hey, Daniel, you know what I just realized? Uh, what's that? I've never came up with a good intro. Like, this is the best I've been able to come up with, like, leading in from our, like, you know, introduction statement. It's the best one I've ever came up with, and it's about not knowing what to do. Oh, God. It's better than Good Morning. Uh, much better than Good Morning, thank exactly. God. Especially since it's 7.30 at night. That's right. That's right. But, you know, I had nothing better to say. <laughs> so just go into it with, you know what? I don't know. That's how it is. And the thing is, you say good morning all the time. It isn't even just yes. for our podcast. You'll come over and say good morning to my wife, and it's like 7.30, and she just looks at you confused like, what is wrong with you? Did you well, get hit on the head? people start figuring it out. And my favorite thing that I've ever, or my favorite thing that happens is when people, like, start catching on to the fact that I'm saying good morning to them at all hours, but then, like, they try and, like... They try and, like, th- reverse it on me, like, and they wait till the morning, and they're like, good afternoon. I'm like, hi, good morning to you, too. It's morning. And then, and then they're like, wait, isn't it backwards? No. What are you talking about? You're just weird is what it is. Well, I hope they had a good morning. That's, like, it's already passed. Most of us have to get up early to go to work. It's not a I, good morning. I do, too. I have to wake up at, like, 6.30. Again, it's not, it's not a good morning. That's true. I'd rather be asleep. <laughs> me too me too i'm not gonna lie but that's all right we we've been on kind of a roll lately with episodes and i think we should jump straight into this one sounds this good is, to me when we found out this one we were looking for ideas and stuff and we came across this we're like we've definitely done this one before i'm surprised we hadn't you thought we did it i, I was, was like no i'm we certain did. we didn't because i have the cheat sheet i have the I bible we, we had to consult the tome <laughs> yeah and say Wait, did this actually happen or not? We don't know. <laughs> but yeah, sure enough, uh, we have not done this one yet. And that's uh, the top eight exploration games. Uh, mind you, this is category on Board category. Game Geek. Category. Yeah. Yes, yes. So how, how does Board Game Geek define as exploration games? We should actually break that down. Exploration games often encourage players to discover and search new areas or territories for particular objects or goods and or to search for people to become trading partners with. Very good. So I had it ready. Yeah, that's right. So it, it's, you know, discovering things throughout the mechanisms of the game. And so that that's going to be a big thing. And that's going to be an interesting thing for us to debate about when we get to does theme match mechanisms. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, how much more exploring can you do with, you know, flipping a card or a tile or something, you know? I uh, also want to make mention real quick before we really get going that if you see me kind of winking at the camera and stuff like that uh, for our a YouTube or Twitch that are live with us, I lost a contact today. It just kind of busted and I'm trying to get in to get some more contact. Yeah. So I'm just trying to keep one eye and read what's going on. <laughs> Yep, so you'll do your best. I'm going to channel my inner pirate today. And that, we've actually, you've actually upgraded your, your viewing station. <laughs> oh, in, yeah. In case anybody's watching us live or watching the video, if you see us constantly just, like, look to the side here, you know, that that's that's why. We have another monitor, another monitor right here. That So we'll be able to watch our ugly face the entire time while also chatting and not have to worry about covering it up and, you know, picking our nose without knowing. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You got to pay attention to this screen. Yes. Only look at this screen when you I'm see chat. This screen, unless I'm <laughs> consulting that screen, then I'm not going to look at that screen. I'm going to look at that screen, but I should be looking not from that screen to that screen. Got it. Yeah, so one one of my goals this year was to upgrade uh, the podcast room. Yeah. 
Got the second screen for the computer. Um, I still got to get some soundproofing in here, but it still sounds pretty good. It is. It doesn't sound bad at all. And you know, I'm really excited for this extra monitor because it's so close to my head that you're, you might even be a little more cautious with the lightsaber. <laughs> As you violently swing it around, you might also hit the TV. Don't worry about me, but hit, you might hit the monitor. I get a good discount on that. I can buy another. <laughs> it would be worth it. <laughs> oh, man. It never stops, folks. It never stops. I don't know what I was expecting, but apparently not that. Nope. <laughs> oh, Honestly, goodness. this whole sys setup I just did, and that includes the HDMI, the mounting bracket, and the monitor, cost me less than $200. And that's with the not production bad. plan, too. Nice. Not bad. So so it's protected if you hit it with a lightsaber. Exactly. <laughs> no you questions bought it asked. for me. Got it. No questions <laughs> asked. So this looks awfully like you... Busted a lightsaber into it. Yeah, he had yeah. it coming. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. That wasn't a question. That was just a statement of observation. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the top eight games uh, that were top eight exploration board games. Yeah. Uh, now, just as a quick caveat, um, I do want to add a clarification. Uh, those we're not talking RPGs. No. I mean, obviously, stuff like. D&D would be way more exploratory than this. Oh, yeah. Mind you, again, we've always said this. We get our stuff through Board Game Geek, and yeah. it's got to be a board game, not an RPG. You don't right. really see... They they're, they have their own thing. What is it? RPG Geek or something Somewhere like that? that. Yeah. <laughs> way less popular than Board Game Geek. But, you know, that's for, what we're going to go with. Uh, for assuming. whatever reason, yeah. Uh, we don't know, but we play board games, and that's what mm -hmm. we're here to debate. And so, uh, one of mine... Uh, one of my honorable mentions. Stop trying to look at my paper. I saw that. You were looking down at something. I was trying to figure out what you were uh, looking uh, at. Well, one of my honorable mentions was not in the category of expl exploration. At least well, not that I saw. And then I know what it is because we discussed it last week. More than likely, yeah. But it is 100%. I feel, if we're if we're agreeing, it's 100% an exploration game. Mm. Um, because that is like the central mechanism <laughs> behind it, so... I'll get to it when I say it, but if it's not on that list, it should be on that list. So that's what matters. So with that being said, shall we get going? Yeah, one sec. I just want to check something. Okay. That was confusing. Uh-huh. We're going to take a quick pause. This will be a slight edit. Yeah. No, okay. That's fine. Okay. But uh, no, I'm not even going to edit this out. I was just looking at something on the screen over here, and I'm trying to find my mouse cursor. Right. It's always weird when I have two screens. It's like, where is jump, the cursor? Jump, jump, jump. Yep. <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, before we normally get started, we'd like to talk about honorable mentions. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the fan honorable mentions first. Okay. And off to looking at the side screen. It's going to take some getting used to, but I mean, it's yeah. real easy for me. It's because it's not much different screen-wise. Right. You literally have to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Starting with the first one added by Mike. He added, and it's actually our highest vote-getter right now, uh -huh. Sleeping Gods. And I cannot agree more with this pick. I just really want to play this game. It's just yeah. it's hard to get right now and. We're on already a bunch of campaigns as it is, and yeah. our mutual friend wants to jump into this. He has it, but we're trying to finish all the other ones we're in. Right, exactly. So, Sleeping Gods, we don't disagree. Uh, the next one added by a different Mike is um, Archipelago. I'm not familiar with this one. Neither am I. 
Yeah, so I can't really say much about it. I did see it on the list, and I always put the link for where we're getting this on the list, so a lot of people go through it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky added Destinies. Now, I've heard of this one. Haven't played it. Don't know too much about it, but I know some people like it. Yeah. Sky also added uh, Star Trek Ascendancy. I heard of it again. Um, I haven't really played much many Star Trek games other than uh, Panic. Yeah. Absolutely. Sky also added The City of Kings, a game I don't know anything about. Yeah, same here. And finally, Joel, or Joel, added Tainted Grail. Well, it's not finally. Oh, I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, why are you we'll saying finally? Yeah. Joel added Tainted Grail. Also, what, that's one that I've really been wanting to try. Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard really, really good things. It's this. based off of Arthurian lore, correct? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, no, I, that's what I heard. It's based off uh, Arthurian lore. I believe um, it. It's just like a darker side of it. I've heard really good things. I haven't played it. Honestly, it was hard, it's hard to find. Yeah, it is. Um, Sky added uh, several others that haven't really been um, voted on. Mm-hmm. We got Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Yeah, which we both agree that that is a good, a good oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. game. But the only thing is, Gloomhaven is our official year one winner, therefore cannot be in top eight debates anymore. That's right. So, had it been in there, we probably would be debating at least yeah. the base set. Um, Sky also added Endeavor, Age of Sail. As well as Explorers of the New S- or North Sea. Now, I haven't played Endeavor. Uh, neither have I. I've looked at it. It looks fine. Um, I was just watching the Dice Tower Top 100, and I think it was on Z Garcia's Top 100 list. So I'm intrigued by it. I want to look at it. I had a possibility of buying it for cheap because it was on sale on Amazon. I have a gift card there. But I didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, that's fair. Not knowing anything about it, it makes it easy. You know? mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so those were added by our, our the viewers on the Board Game Revolution group on Facebook. So, of course, if you always want to... Add in your ideas. Go for, go for it. Add it there. But and you can also, also vote. Any of our live chatters, if you're hearing this right now and you're watching us live, add in your opinion. What do you think is a great exploration game and why? And we'll read it here later on. All right. So you want to get into our honorable mentions? Yeah, let's go for it. Uh, you got the coin of doom? I sure do. Coin of doom. Let's call it. You'll be leading us off. All right, so my first game is already mentioned, and it's our, our banished list for a reason, but I did want to bring this one up, and this is Gloomhaven Jaws of Lion. Gotcha. If you're ever going to get into a Gloomhaven game and get that dungeon crawl exploration feel, start with Jaws of Lion. It teaches you the game the best way possible. It tweaks some rules from the original Gloomhaven that makes it a lot more easy to gronk it and figure out what you're going to do. Um, and learn how to play your specific character as you're going, this is the best game to teach you how to play it. And so I, as much as I love Gloomhaven, I'm in mid-campaign, really enjoying it with playing with the, the wife. Jaws of the Lion has been a pleasant surprise. I knew I was going to like it because I love Gloomhaven. But the way it teaches people how to play the game is something I think more and more of some of these harder games out there that have like a really basically throw the kitchen sink in the game and make it difficult for you to understand everything until you play it a few times. They need these opening scenario stuff to teach you how to play the game. And so that was my first pick was Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Good deal. My first pick is a, is an oldie but a goodie from Matago Games. Uh, 
Expedition Northwest Passage, which was one of the hardest games to find around for me, myself, you know, because when I first discovered it, it was already out of print, at least, or just going out of print, and then I finally discovered it many, many years later, bought a copy, and I still have yet to play that copy, which is sad enough, but I absolutely love it. Basically, the idea is you are all uh, leading an expedition going from uh, the Northwest Passage, mm-hmm. trying to make your, your land from the east to the west, trying to maneuver through glaciers and uh, ice floats, whatever they're called. Um, but yeah, you're, you're trying to find your passage through it. You have two modes of transportation. You could either go by boat or by sled. And as the season progresses, um, certain tiles will freeze over, basically. Okay. And those can only be traversed with sled, and your boat can no longer move. So at a certain time, you have to know when to deploy your sled and how many people you should go. Because if it thaws out and they're too far away from your boat, well, then suddenly you have to... You're not going to be able to maneuver that unless you've left some people on the boat. It's really interesting on that splitting mechanism where you're basically working out two different games at the same time, trying to figure out when is the most, what is the most logical and how many people you put on each side. That decision alone is where it comes awesome. Then plus you have tile laying. Then some of the tiles are domino sized tiles, so you have to really confuse. It's really confusing on that. But you have tile laying. You have exploration, you have this cool round marker where it's, you know, freezing water and everything below it. The production's really good, your abilities are cool. I Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I'm sad that not enough people talk about it because I feel like if it was released, like, now, a lot more people would be talking about it. But because it was, I think it was ahead of its time, honestly, at the time. Yeah, you keep mentioning this one. I do really need to give it a try. I just haven't got to, got it around to play it. You haven't brought it over, so... Maybe I'll change that. <laughs> Maybe I'll change that too. Hopefully. So, my next game on my list here is another one that you haven't... Or you've played Gloom, Jaws of Lion, but this one you haven't played, but you want to. Yes. This is Twilight Imperium, uh, specifically 4th Edition, because that's the one I own. That's the one you can get right now. This is exploration at its finest. Mind you, it is a long game. It is a chore. If it's going to be the game you're pulling out for game night, it's probably going to be the only game you're playing for game night because it can take a little while. Well, that's why they call it game night, not games night. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This thing impressed me so much so that when I played it, just that one time, I bought myself a copy. And then I bought the expansion. You could kind of see it above my head over there. I haven't really cracked into it and tried to see if I can put it into the base game, but this is all about exploration, but you can also fight. It's a 4X game, so if you played like Civilization on the computer, this is a space version of it in on a board game. Matt, I call this uh, basically like Stellaris in space. You cre- you have your, your creature, you're not creating them, but you have your group, your buddies have their own group, you're building up your military, you're trying to explore out into space and conquer territories or exploit them for their resources, get to Mechatol Rex and try to take control of that first person to hit 10 points or so wins the game. And I really like the mechanism where you're choosing your actions for that round. And so you have a bunch of tiles and you're drafting them and sitting them around. So I'm choosing this and this is what I'm going to do. And so I get to do a top part, but you guys also get to do an action of that same type, but um, you can't really 
no one can choose the same thing or it's it's kind of weird how it is but i really really like it and it that also tells your initiative order so if you're doing uh say i can't remember exactly what it is but let's say exploring so you can go out and see it has a four on it so and you're playing a three-player game and everybody else picked a one and a three you're going last that round yeah. And so I really dig that. I like the fact that I get to pick my action, but you guys also get sort of something out of it too. I really, really enjoy it. The minis are nice. The The artwork is amazing for a Fantasy Flight game, but I really, really think if you had played this, this might be a, a front runner for winning this top eight debate. Okay. Yeah, I I can't wait. Maybe Twilight we'll play, Imperium 4th Edition. Play it during our next trip. So my number two is uh, a game that you and I have both played the entirety of, and uh, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard it from your list yet, and that is Betrayal Legacy. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, because my next pick was going to be Betrayal Legacy. Okay, well then let's talk about it, because yeah. Betrayal Legacy, holy cow. I, I wish we were debating it, because yeah. it's one of the, it is my second favorite uh, Legacy. Yeah, <sighs> I'm trying to figure, like, Legacy-wise... I think I've only really completed one legacy, and that's the Pandemic Season 1. Yep. I think Betrayal Legacy... Well, uh, two. Betrayal Legacy, I like more than yeah. Season 1. So this is your favorite. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you listen and you're a fan of the podcast, it was in my top 100 games of all time. Yeah. So I really, really dig this game. I love the going through the tile. I like the fact that they added a whole nother floor. Yes. Um, you have the outside. You have the basement, the second floor, and... The attic, no? Yeah, something like there's that. Like, there's like a... No, attic, first floor, second floor. Yeah. Or no, a basement, first floor, second floor. Yeah, and then also the outside. You, yeah. you're, uh, That's the, what they added. You were exploring right. the outside as well because there are certain things that you can get to. I liked how your people can drop in and out. So, like, say yep. uh, somebody doesn't join us. The family just wasn't around during that period or yep. they didn't have anything what's going on here. I really like that fact because when you're playing most legacy games, case in point, Pandemic, you want to play with the same group over and yes. over again. This one, yeah, it sucks someone drops out, but if they just can't make it for that week, that's fine. Yeah. And I love the the memes that we made with this one, just oh, yeah. the shenanigans that was going yep. on. Um, I had a special weapon that I only got to use once, and then it was stolen from me, and yep. it was a family heirloom. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No, the every the way the story comes out in this, that's really where Rob Davio shines. Now we've we've talking with him before, mm-hmm. but we didn't get to his legacy stuff. But uh, that's really where it all shines is the fact that he, what he does with legacy is he doesn't so much make the mechanism. That's what I think a lot of people went wrong when they were making legacy games. Mm-hmm. When other companies were like, oh well, I'm going to make a legacy version of this game, or I'm going to yeah. make a legacy game. Like, mechanistically, they have all the same things. You know, you might destroy cards, you're unlocking new stuff, there's hidden components, whatever. But what really is different is the fact that Rob Davio, he's a great storyteller. Yeah, that's, it's the storytelling. Yeah, all of the pandemics have a great storyline. Betrayal had a phenomenal storyline. Even Machi Koro Legacy, which he created. Um, Co-created. He, yeah, he co-created but he took, you know, a game that is really themeless yeah. and made this ridiculous story to it, which you're going to like when you play it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, and of course it's as serious as Machikoro is, right? But it, the story that he comes up with is just where he excels. 
That's the difference between him and most other legacy creators. Not to put down, like, Jamie Stegmaier or anything, because I like Charterstone a lot. Mechanistically, yeah. it's probably the best legacy game I've played because the mechanics are awesome. Yeah. But the story was, eh. Well, you know, and, it was okay. And then Rise of Queensdale technically is a le- legacy game, and the story right. is okay. The mechanistics yeah. or mechanisms are great. I love the... Yeah. The dice, uh, the dice placement, and, the, and yep. the, what they can give you. They can either be a resource or action or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, that that's not spoilers. That's literally the first game because yeah, yeah, they, yeah. resources, and it depends on what you roll. So, yep. and what spots are open. You've played games like that before. Yeah. Mechanistically, though, it is amazing. I like what it is. The story is okay right now, mind you. We've yeah. only gone through like there's half the stuff yeah there's yeah. not really not much of a story but i mean but that's what i'm saying is that's that's why i feel like a lot of people failed where rob davio really shined it's, it's that, putting the story that on story it. yeah and so it's not just legacy too it's when you're thinking about campaigns as well there's games that are have legacy tendencies but are campaigns yes some of them have decent stories but they're not great stories right. mechanistically they're fine like time stories you um uh, we talked about it the other day where it was like, hey, it's got a great story to it, but you, you've you mentioned that the story kind of tailors off after a yeah. certain point. Which goes to my number one exploration <laughs> game. <laughs> oh. Yeah. No, it, you're right. I mean, it, there's a reason it's my number one because yeah. mechanistically the exploration is the game. Well, because yeah, I was talking about the story. Time stories yeah. is right up there. But you're right. I mean, like. The story is actually pretty decent. What the problem was later on, yes, the story gets a little weird, mm-hmm. um, but there are some scenarios. That the story really caters to each scenario, right? Mm-hmm. The depending on the scenario, like there's one that is um, like the, the the dragon one, the fantasy one. You're set in an alternate universe, like that's interesting, right? And the story is pretty decent in that one. Uh, the Egyptian one, also, the story is pretty cool. But the thing is, where that one falls behind is the main mechanism that they introduce into that expansion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of lacking in, the, in comparison. But they've never, ever lost sight of that one main mechanism of you have the landscape of cards. And you're exploring. And you're going to specific spots and you alone are exploring it. Unless someone else is, is in that same right. space. But you, you, but you have to, and you're the one who gets to look and at And the thing it. is, you have to tell the story of what you saw. Yeah, you have to say it in your own point of view you put yeah. the card down you're not trying to say a verbatim that's not the point yeah your goal is to go okay well you know they told me to do this and if we provide them with this they'll, they'll take us there but i don't know they sound suspicious like well but should we do it or not i don't know like do you, i mean do you want to ask them it's gonna take us extra time but like like that's the thing it's like they seem weird it's like all right well then we'll trust it we won't do it or yeah, yeah, will, yeah. or whatever you know that's what makes that game so cool and the fact that you have to figure out what the problem is in order to solve it, that's 100% exploration. It doesn't get No, no, no. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, it's funny because I only was picking Time Story because I was talking about how the story, people were yeah. talking about how like the story has gotten lower and lower. But that's the thing is like when you're doing campaign style games, yeah. you want to tell a story. And sometimes with these exploration games that we're talking about, the stories are important too, mm-hmm. but they're not. I don't think. Well, oh, there's one legacy on here. Right. There's one that is scenario based, mm-hmm. and the rest of it, you're still telling stories out there. And right. why don't we? Since we talk, talked about our honorable mentions, why don't we tell the people what we're, games we're debating? That sounds good. Great transition. We're going to be debating our number one seed, Lost Ruins of Arnak, and it's going up against our eight seed, 
Lost Cities. Battle of the Lost. Mm-hmm. Number two, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Going up against our number seven seed, Above and Below. Now, caveat here. There were games ranked higher than this. I think Sleeping Gods and Near and Far were ranked yes. higher than this. We haven't played those ones, right. so Above and Below is what gets in this category. That's right. The number three seed, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, which you haven't completed yet, right? Not yet, no. Okay. And number six seed, Burgle Bros. And finally, our number four seed, Lewis and Clark. And it's going up against our number five seed, Star Wars Outer Rim. That's right. This that's, is that that's a tough bracket for me. I love both of those games so much. So. I, yep. It's less difficult for me. No, no, no I, I know. did like Outer Rim a lot too. I, Outer I, Rim I mean, is just, actually a decent Star Wars a really good yeah. Star Wars game. Yeah, I I was just I think I, out of our entire group, like not to jump ahead into the debate, I think out of our entire group, I was the only one that didn't think that this would replace Firefly for me. Well, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I still like Firefly quite a bit. They're both long. They're both long. <laughs> I just think I uh, with like without a rim. I know we're getting ahead of it, but this is also comparing against a different game, Firefly. Yeah. I just think Outer Rim gives more of that flavor than uh, Firefly yeah. is because Firefly only one of you can be Mao or, or right. you can only have Wash or you know something like that. And so if you have uh, wa- um, Wash on a different ship other than Firefly, kind of takes you out of it. But you you can see a, a ship full of droids That's in right. Star Wars. Yeah. So that that's my big gripe about Firefly. Sure, that's fair. I I just like that. What I like about it more is that it feels more rewarding because it's like, well, in order to be in order to like succeed, you have to complete different missions, which are being <laughs> being solid with the different more or less villains, right? <laughs> yeah. Antagonists. And when you become solid with them, that's a gratifying feeling versus like, oh, now you have a point. Is, yes and, that, and no. You're you're like. you're kind of making the odds. I'm generalizing. It yeah, but that's just how I felt. Like when I played it, I was like, "Wow, I just played this for like an hour and a half, and I finally got a point." Like, <laughs> I don't know. That seemed weird to me. Like it, it. I'm not saying it's, that's exactly how it is. I'm just saying that's how it felt at the time, which is why it didn't replace it for me. But with that being said, we can go into it. Let's talk about how we actually debate these, and then we will get into our debate. Uh, one second. I am slacking over here. I didn't even have it pulled up. That's fine. I'll go ahead and speak and cause filler. So the way that this <laughs> works is we break it down into five different criteria. Each of these criteria are scientifically proven, in our opinion, on <laughs> how we want to break down the games and how we feel like they should break down. The, the first one, the first criteria that we have is ease of play. Ease of play is fairly simple. How easy is the game like, or how easy is the game to play? Both, uh, like, how are the rules? Um, mm. You know, is it easy to get, get to the, to the table? table? And also, um, uh, well, like, also based on the theme, is the theme making it easy to get to the table, or also mechaniz- mechanistically, how familiar the different? Um, I'm just watching you convert <laughs> convert stuff. How how familiar the mechanisms are to get to the table? Those are all different factors. Mm-hmm. Simplicity, familiarity, likelihood to get to the table. And then, but the final one, though, which could be a drawback, is what is the likelihood that it's going to cause analysis paralysis? Like, it, are you going to be playing it and then uh, somebody's just going to be racking their head over it? That doesn't mean that it has that it's not a simple game per se. Yeah. But like chess, people could read books about chess moves. 
getting on a tangent here, we just played uh, Beyond the Sun last week. Yeah. This one led to analysis paralysis. There was a lot of it, even uh, with me, and I don't yeah. tend to play that way. I don't have a lot of AP, and this one I was like, is this the right move? Should I do right. this? What What is going on? I, I, I purposely to math. tried to not ignore or not do it until that final move when yeah. we played it, where I was like, okay. Because I have one move left. <laughs> there's a lot of good choices in this yeah, game. There's a lot of great choices in that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to debating it later. Yeah. Another time. One of these days when we can finally get it on a, a top eight debate. Right. The next one we talk about is replay value. This is about the length of time and scaling well. Does a two-player game play as well and as quickly as a four-player game? Yeah. Or the length of time itself, does it feel like you're playing a three-hour game or is it like, oh, wow, it's already been three hours. That was kind of us with Beyond the Sun the other day. We were like, this is going to take up most of our game night, but oh, my God, this is great. Yeah. Um, as well as the minimum number of plays to get the full experience. So something like Pandemic Legacy Season Zero has a, a up somewhere around here because it's going to take you more to get that full experience on yeah. it. As well as the expandability. Is there an already existing expansion? Up to one possible future expansion. Space Base was the one we always talked about. We saw Volume 1. We were assuming there was going to be a Volume 2. They have recently announced that they are going to do a Volume 2. Or is confirmed by a designer or publisher. This is our Wingspan style. Where Jamie Stegmeier and Elizabeth Hargrave has said they're going to make an expansion for every continent out there. And is they're intending to. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next criteria is Meaningful Choice. What is the impact on other players' strategies by your gameplay? How does your gameplay impact your long-term strategy throughout the course of the game? Mm -hmm. And also, what is the likelihood that you'll be making arbitrary choices throughout the game? Do they make an impact on the gameplay? Uh, and perfect example, you can either have completely arbitrary choices or non-arbitrary choices. Like, like for example, if, my, if I have a hand of cards and everything is just really good... Well, that's still an arbitrary choice mm -hmm. versus, oh, none of this is good at all. Yep. It's kind of the same thing. Deck builder don't really give you a lot of uh, deck building games. Don't give you a lot of those kind of choices right. because you got to play your entire hand. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. And right. You didn't really have a choice exactly. in the matter, though. Yeah. You, you, you your, your choice. Your yeah. You play it. Yeah. yeah. Next up is game immersion. Does the game fit the category best or the theme matching the mechanism? This one is more for us is like which one makes you feel like you are exploring, whether it's going through the cards or finding resources, uh, that sort of stuff, as well as player interaction. This includes table talk or role playing. If you're having a great time getting into the character you're playing as, or in a case of a push your luck game, you're egging on your opponents, yep. as well as the memorable moments. What are those things that are going to make you stand up and scream and shout and have a great time doing it and just get into your memories. That's right. And finally, uh, art and production. Art, which we've never disagreed on before. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it's entirely subjective, but you know sometimes it's very clear. Um, pieces and components, which ones has better quality of components uh, that lead to the good gameplay. Um, but we also will take into things like inserts into consideration depending on... Yeah. Because if it has a bad insert, I probably don't want to take it off my shelf. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, graphic design, which is a big one is it icon heavy is it a wall of text or is it even colorblind friendly like a lot of those factors really matter into the expedition and uh what i did mm -hmm. there exploration into the immersion of the game itself it nothing's more more uh detrimental yeah. to the immersion than going wow i'm a wizard trying to hold on i gotta read this paragraph yeah exactly yeah the, nothing's worse than that 
And as always, whenever we cannot agree on anything, and this is why it's important that you vote on the poll, you are the tiebreaker. We always put a poll on the Board Game Revolution community group in on Facebook. So go out there, join that group, and vote on these polls. That's right. So after you're done voting on polls, you can join in on our debate. So we're going to jump straight into it. We're going to talk about round number one. Lost Ruins of Arnak versus Lost Cities. I'm not sure why we're going to debate this, but we will. Um, we have the Coin of Doom. Oh, let's, let's pull how we how we actually got this list. Once again, just to clarify, we went on BoardGameGeek, found the top list, and pulled out the eight games, games that are highest ranked that Daniel and I have both played because we want to give them each equal, equal chance. Yeah. So with that being said, we always flip our Coin of Doom. I will be leading off first. And you, I'm pulling from the Cup of Doom, and you get Lost Ruins of Arnak. Okay, so this should be a pretty easy on my benefit. I'm not saying that the exploration is necessarily hard in this, or or, um, or that, that brought out. But the game itself, I mean, I know you like this significantly better than Lost Cities. Oh, um, yeah. And I like Lost Cities a lot, but it's not an exploration game. It's a math sure. game. It, it's more of a math game. The, the only thing I would say to it, that I, in a weird way, it's almost thematic in Lost Cities. Now, hear me out. Is that you only get a penalty for the expeditions you attempt to go on. Meaning that any expedition that you lead, you get a minus 20 to your score. So, for example, if I lay down, if I only lay down three cards, I have the 8, the 9, and the 10. I have 27 points there. Any expedition that you lead will be the minus Minus 20 to that. So I would have 7 points. Because if you think about it, if you're going for an expedition, you have to get sponsors. And the people who, who fund the expedition, they're going to expect payment in return. And that's the minus 20 that you go on. If you choose not to go for any expedition, you don't get any penalty. Mm-hmm. So you just don't get negative points for that. I mean, I have to argue for Lost Cities, but it, right. this one, no, this it, one's a very... In a way, it's fairly thematic. It's it's more thematic. No, it's than, not. Yeah, it's more. It's Rainer Canizia. You could put any no. theme on this, and it would make sense because it's saying, just numbers. I'm not saying the game is thematic. I'm saying that one mechanism is the most thematic part of it, and it is more thematic than me going, "Oh, I'm going to play a card with a boot, so therefore I'm going to go flip over this monster tile and then pay him off with arrowheads." Like it's just <laughs> that is or compasses. Here's some compasses to go away. Like, that doesn't make any sense as far as theme goes. Now, with that being said, everything It makes more sense than theme than Lost Cities because of the numbers. It's literally numbers. You're putting numbers in order. The numbers are how far you get and delve into the expedition. (laughs) Yes. No. I am not budging on this. There's very few themes that would work better with that. I mean, you could literally theme this as math- the board game, and it would still oh, work. No, you don't do anything other than multiplication and adding and some subtracting and <laughs> exactly. no division, though. And I'll be damned if there were exponents. So no. The, okay. But for elementary Arnak, math, the board game. <laughs> no, we teach more than that in elementary. Uh, but Lost Ruins, though, regardless, uh, you know, there's more theme to it overall um, because you do. Feel I will like say the, this. Lost Cities is easier to play than Lost Ruins. Lost Cities is easier to play. You're right. And, but 
also, I mean, the meaningful choices are there. It's not an it's not an arbitrary game. You have no, no, I'll give really, you that really strong choice. I don't know if I would say it's better than Lost Ruins of Arnak because that it feels like just about anything you do is is just this uphill battle of like oh, yeah. difficult, yeah, like hard hard choices. Like, do I buy this now? Do I send a worker out? Do I go up this tech tree? I have the resources to do all of these. But if you do that before me, that's going to suck. But then I can do this as a backup. Because like, I also want to go up the tech tree before yeah. you because I get the extra bonus by getting higher. Right. Exactly. First one to get there gets the bonuses, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious Lost Ruins of Arnett goes oh, yeah. on. But that's not to say that that it's a clean sweep. It, it's, yeah, because it gets ease of play. A meaningful choice is pretty up there, too. Yeah, it gets ease I of play. I would have called it a wash. I wouldn't. Initially. I know you wouldn't. It's, <laughs> Art production, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's math the board game. I'm sorry. You could put a math theme on this <laughs> and it would still work properly. So when we talk about our, most of the debates in the past, we're talking about mechanistically a game rather than thematically a game. Lost Cities is mechanistically a game. Yes, it 100% is. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. It's It's 100% mechanisms. But it's one of those weird cases where, like, like yeah, like, from what little theme it has, it kind of wouldn't work with anything else. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get <laughs> it. Way. Again, you could still make it a math uh, board game, and it would uh, still work mechanistically. It just wouldn't be right. very fun. I, I, One of these days, you'll stop throwing shade at Reiner Knizia. <laughs> you'll learn to love his stuff. I like one game. I have my token of Reiner Knizia yeah, on my shelf. You're considering trading it away. <laughs> That's beside the point. You didn't have to make mention of that on the podcast. Oh, I had to. Because now your your justification is moot, sir. It's still in my collection as of right now. As of the time of this filming. The fact that you're considering it for trade. <laughs> That's like you going, you know what, Stefan Feld? I don't need those games, you know. That's, that's like, fell. Immediately you can't say. I like those games. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> I got it. All right. <laughs> Round number two, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Uh, better yet, I love those games. I like that Kinesia on there. It was fun. It's, it's good. I it like it. Good, yeah. yeah, it's not it. top 10 of all time and probably not even top 100. I don't think it even made that list. Didn't it? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I get a hundred list. Oh. It was filmed like five months ago. That list has probably changed today. Probably. So Mansions of Madness, second edition versus. Above and below. You're starting it off? And you get Mansions of Madness. Okay. I have my luck cut out for me today. Oh, I know. You're getting the easy ones. Um, You know. I'm not going to put down Above and Below because I do quite like it. I, that's that's really probably game. my favorite Ryan Lockett game. That we've played so far. That I've played. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mansions of Madness, like, you have three actions on your turn. You either fight something, interact with something, or explore. <laughs> that's one third of the game is exploring. And not only just that, when you go into the different rooms... That brings up a whole a whole plethora of different options based on the scenario that you're playing. You the fact that since it's all app driven and those tiles are revealed to you as you make that choice is is pretty much quintessential exploration. I don't know any better way to say it. It it's just better. 
Art and production, it's better. The minis are great. With the exception of the base and the tiles. I'll give you that. Um, but the rest of the game, awesome. The app, great. Story, awesome. Super immersive. It doesn't get much better than that. So, Mansion Man, Madness should move on. Uh, so, I have an argument against... You were talking about how the minis are nice and stuff like that. Yes. I have an argument against that. Those stupid stands. Well, that's what I'm saying. The with the exception of the bases that they're on. Oh man, that's the one exception. They they but the, then again, they detract from the minis because of those stands. Because yes. those minis have the little stupid thing that have to go into the stand. Right. So you can't just use the minis by themselves on you unless you clip those off. Right. You have to put them in the stand because that's where they're supposed to be, and then. Right. You're supposed to feed the the tile into that stand for you could see, but you, then you lose the artwork. Yep. So you can't see the cool artwork on the little tile because all you get in that little stand is the name and like I think they're like health points or something like that, whatever the number is in the yeah, corner. Something like that. But mind you, you get the cool mini, but I'd rather have it where I could put the mini on a, the stand and then have the cardboard like standing behind it or something like that. That is my big issue with mansions of madness when it comes to that huge issue and i do have to say this about above and below i think it's a phenomenal game i really this is that's this is the game that put ryan lockett on my map in fact i have a signed uh, rule book by ryan lockett from above and below because i was able to see him at um was it dice tower west the first year and i was so happy to get that autographed mind you i'm not i'm trying to take my bias out of this the thing is above and below led to two no three other games this is the first time he ever did like an exploration storybook this was hardcore on the exploration part of it when you're going through that storybook so you're trying to take those risks and do it he made uh near and far in the most recent i don't believe above and below had the storybook did it yes above and it near and far was the first one Near and Far enhanced the storybook that made it the campaign style. Above and Below did have the storybook oh, exploration, but it, campaign. but it wasn't campaign. Gotcha. It was just okay. choices that you made throughout the uh, and the below part of it can lead to you reading a story out of the book. So you do right. have to explore the below the caverns, and it led to stories in the thing. So the storybook started in Above and Below. Yeah. That's when it yeah. no not technically it did. Yeah. Then he made. Uh, Near and far, now or never, in Sleeping Gods. <laughs> All yeah. based on what this game is did. Uh, but I have to agree with you. I think Mansions of Madness should move on as much as I really like it. I think because of the app integration, yeah. Mansions of Madness is slightly easier than Above and Below. Yeah, if, yeah, quite a bit. Above and Below does lead to a little bit more analysis paralysis, so that's a big issue with it. But I think there's much more meaningful choice in Above and Below than there is in Mansions of Madness. Yes. Because I've played well, a lot more scenarios than you have in Mansions of Madness. And there's one scenario in there. Your basic choice is run. Run. That's it. That's your choice. Run from the mop. So that's not a lot of choice in that, that scenario. There's more yeah. choices in other parts of it. But I just think you don't have that scenario basically in Above and Below. You have to run. Now, the dice rolling can be a little much. But, uh, so you're looking it up. I see it. You're like, I could yeah, pull. I don't think there was a storybook in this one. Really? Right? I could pull it out right here off the shelf. Okay. That's, that's fine. I mean, please settle this. Cause <laughs> I genuinely, I don't remember a single bit of a storybook. I mean, well, no. Okay. No, there was passages. 
but that wasn't it wasn't like a story it was more like an event book well yes it's still a story book because it's telling different stories I don't know there you go the encounter book yeah but it's just a... it's stories <laughs> this is what started it all look okay all right but I don't know. Yeah, it's not like a, a long cohesive story. It's just kind of like events that happen, though. It's that, see, still that's, telling I, the I don't disagree him. what it didn't lead to. It made sense that it led into Sleeping Gods, which was amazing. But but as far as exploration, as far as above and below goes, uh, you could be just as good playing it, playing just the above part of it. No. And still have a chance. No. Absolutely. I put up a good fight when no. I did only that. Did you win? I was probably second when I played. Third. Was this in our app? Nope. This I just remember app, it because right? it was we were at the uh, at uh, our mutual friend Bryce's house, and we played. I think it was like a four player game of it, and you were third. I was fourth. Okay. And the other two who went more into the encounters and the stories won. Did you go into the stories at all? I went yeah. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Because yeah. I remember I didn't go at all, and I did better than you. So therefore, your arguments won. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I mean, we're agreeing for the same thing, but it's just that, yeah, I don't... It As far as story element, I, I'm excited to try his other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he would have... But I'm not talking about just exploring. That. That, that's... Or just storytelling. That's exploring right there. You have to explore to get to the encounters. Right. That's an the storybook. Right, but they're arbitrary. <laughs> like, they're, they're random as far as what comes up. Like, in every, like every game, you might be able to play the, technically the same thing, whereas the scenarios are different in Mansions of Madness based on the scenario you pick. Yeah, it's one cohesive storyline. It's not just random events that happen. It's not one cohesive storyline. Yeah, it is. Each scenario is its own storyline. Well, yes, but they're they're not all. The... What I'm saying though is that you you're not taking every list of events and just shuffling up a deck and then going, okay, what event am I getting now in Mansion to Madness? Oh, I found the Tome of Forbidden Annoyance. You know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But don't make me I mean. get the lightsaber. But are you seeing what I'm trying to say? No. <laughs> Well, then, You're saying that's not stories? No. No, they're, they're small events. that I don't consider that a story. Because one st- one part of that story does not affect any other part of the story. We're in agreement that Mansions of Madness is moving on. Uh, please, we're going to take a quick break while I beat him. <laughs> All right. Mansions of Madness moves on. Going on to our number three round. <laughs> I better say this quick. Uh, we have Pandemic Legacy Season 2 versus Burgle Bros. I never thought I would say that in my life. We already know which one's moving on. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, one of us will argue for Burgle Bros. <laughs> at least. Alright, let's go. Who's going to be arguing? You'll be leading us off. Please tell me you got Burgle Bros. Yep. <laughs> no, that only makes sense because I have I have done the entirety of Season 2 and you have not. Yeah, well, no, I, I don't need to do the entirety of season two. The the basic knowledge of what this game is, and when it comes to season two, right? There's more explanation <laughs> than any of the other pandemics. Yeah. Uh, yes and no on that part. Burgle brawls, you do have to explore. Okay. Uh, whatever yep. building you're in, I it depends on the scenario. Sometimes it's yep. like a bank, or other times it's like a security yep. office or something like that. It just depends on the scenario you're playing. You have to explore it. You have to find the stairs because you get to go, have to get all the way up to the third floor, get all your items, and escape. Okay. That's cool on concept. 
Yes. Now, I don't want to hate it. I got to argue Burgle Bros, but it's it's not one of my favorite games. Uh, I, In fact, out of the, what is it, the Flower Games or Fowler or whatever his name is, it's probably my least favorite of the ones I've played. I've played Paperback, Hardback, and Burgle Bros. Okay. I prefer Hardback. Paperback's fine. Those are the same company that made Paperback and Hardback? Yeah. Okay. It's the same company. <laughs> and hmm. Burgle Bros... <sighs> It's nice. It's relatively cheap. It's a really good, inexpensive game, but sure. the way you have to build the map annoys me. Yeah. Because you have to build three stories, and a lot of people are like, oh, we'll just 3D print this, and we'll do the three stories. But then it's my same argument against Colt Express. I got sausage fingers. I can't be yeah. digging into those little areas and moving my character certain ways. Um, It's good production for what it's cost, though... You basically have just little wood blocks that you can get in Catan, and that's your walls. Nice tiles. It comes in the same... Like, if you've ever seen hardback or paperback, you could... Barnes & Nobles has a copy of hardback. The entire game is in that, too, so it doesn't even sit properly in the box. Yeah. But it's a decent enough co-op. I understand why some people like it. It's just not something... It's not easier to play than Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Uh, there are some new concepts in season two that are a little tricky, if especially if all you've played is Pandemic or Pandemic Season One, because Pandemic Season One literally is Pandemic just with a story on it, yeah. and Season Two does something different. Replay value, well, it's not going to win there, even though there was a second game on, in the group. Meaningful choices, uh, I can't give that to Burgle Bros either. Game immersion, another one I can't really give to it. I think this is going to be a clean sweep. Yeah, I agree with you. I was about to say that. I, you know, there's there's nothing that that I can argue for Burgle Bros that Pandemic didn't do better. Yeah, and that's even the base set of Pandemic, much less you know, like yeah, my you know, comparing it to the base set, I would have given Burgle Bros more theme, but not not a legacy, no oh, way, no. and especially not season two because that had a massive theme on it. Yeah, and I'm barely going into, I think it's March, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. And there's already a lot, just, right. you're like, oh my god, that just happened. Oh and my so, god. And, and this isn't spoiler, so don't worry if you're listening and you haven't played it. The The big twist on season two, uh, or the, the big like thing about this that makes it different than the other seasons of Pandemic Legacy, is that you are exploring. Mm-hmm. That yeah, is it, the mechanism. It, yeah. You have to be able to expand the map and you don't know what everything else is that you're going to see you're in like a spot in i think the atlantic ocean and you have to expand or something like that yeah it is the atlantic ocean yeah so i mean you don't know what's going to happen yeah you when, when you, when you first play the game there's not that much stuff on the map right there is, exactly whereas like in your in your regular games of like pandemic or in pandemic legacy one you have the entire world so literally when i was saying yep. pandemic legacy one is pandemic with a story on it this is true it's the same exact board just things happen to it as you're going along that's right whereas in season two you have to find the world and i really really do enjoy that yeah for sure all right we're in agreement yep couldn't agree more all right that makes so i didn't even need to argue much for (laughs) no legacy all right pandemic legacy season two moves on our next round is Lewis and Clark 
Is it Lewis and Clark the Expedition? Yeah. Yeah. Lewis and Clark the Expedition versus Outer Rim. Let's see who argues the first round. I will be arguing for the first one. Hold on. I'm just writing things down as we go. This way I have, um, when I do the yep. fan vote I- issue over here. All right. You ready? Let's go. Um, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Pandemic Legacy Season 2. <laughs> that's what I'm arguing right now. Oh, that's silly. Yeah, because uh, I have the eliminated ones right there. So All right. you get out of rim. Darn. Okay. So, <laughs> outer Rim. Uh, let's talk about exploration in Outer Rim. There is going to be a lot of encounters, a lot of events that you will be encountering through it. Uh, you ultimately are trying to get, I think, first two or three points, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you it's ha- five. Uh, yeah. And you delve through uh, the in- pretty much the entire Star Wars universe, other than like the really obvious, like, like Luke Skywalker stuff. No, like you're you're talking like extended universe. It's more of um, not really the extended universe. It's more in the literally in the outer rim part of it. So yeah. you're dealing with like the huts, the crime syndicates, right? Uh, the Empire kind of out there, the Rebel Alliance because they had to hide out in the outer rim. Basically, the parts of the universe that the uh, promotional flyers don't show. <laughs> that's that's what we're saying. Uh, the kind where like if you took a cruise. <laughs> to the outer rim, they would tell you, keep an eye on your wallet, just in case. Yeah. You know, that you got some some shady folk out there, and that's, you know, evident in the style. You know, sometimes you might have a bounty on somebody you're trying to get a hold of. Sometimes you might be trying to bring items to other locations. You know, pick up and delivery kind of thing. Um, this game obviously has a huge following, and it was massive when it was first released. I mean, like, huge. People adored this game. And there was a lot of really cool things about it. The only problem is um, that that I personally have against it is that everything's technically available to you at all times, and there is no that there's no more ex- exploration than in Lewis and Clark. Technically, I, I I mean I'm not saying Lewis and Clark has it. I'm just saying I don't think Outer Rim has any more. Uh, I think Outer Rim does have a little bit more, and just because you have to explore to find certain characters, you yeah. have to go searching for certain items. You just because Lewis and Clark, you just you go get do some resource placement, yeah. play some cards, move further up along the line. There's not right. really a lot of exploration in that. Right. There's nothing you can discover that isn't already apparently and, but, obvious. on the board. Yeah, yeah, and that that's my biggest detraction from it is that. Uh, personally, I think Lewis and Clark is just fantastically a better game. I, I adore this game. I think it's better than Outer Rim. I'm just saying it right there. But as far as our our debate today, I don't think it's anything close to the theming and mm-hmm. the immersion that Outer Rim does. I I play Lewis and Clark, and I'm like, I don't. I think, man, that was really cool. <laughs> like some of the mechanisms I did and the combos I made. Not. I am so glad I explored. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like Lewis and Clark playing When we're, we're talking about game immersion, Outer Rim gives you more into Hands the down. Hands game down. immersion. Yeah. Um, I have to argue Lewis and Clark. And the thing is, like this, like I said, this one hurts me the most. I love and adore both of these games. Yes. Uh, to the point where when we're talking about memorable moments, one of our favorite things about Lewis and Clark, the expedition, we were playing this game on Board yes. Game Arena with a friend and teaching him. Yep, and he literally went all the way back to New Orleans. Well, that's we're the thing almost you, can do. you might backtrack yeah. on, on the river. 
to I I forget why you would backtrack or like you yeah lose I think you, after a certain way yeah because you didn't use all your resources uh, properly or something like that and so when you go to sleep at night you have to go back where backwards and he literally went all the way down to Louisiana and we're, yeah, we're calling it New Coast. Orleans because it was like right at the the the, the coast. Mm-hmm. We're close to the first set of mountains. You and me are chugging along. We're like, all right, we're having a good time. And yeah. next thing you know, he it looks like he bought a, like a speedboat or something, and he's just <laughs> flooring it past us. Yeah, ends up winning the game while you and me were barely into like the last of the mountains. Right. Yeah, we made it through that mountain ridge, and he flew over them. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was great. And so that leads into the memorable moments. But I've had just as many memorable moments on Outer Rim. I I do have to mention a story on Outer Rim that is still talked about in our group chat with our friends. Um, we were playing this game. It was me, my wife, and our couple friends. And I'll mention them before uh, Angel Maria. Okay. And we were playing Outer Rim. Well, my wife was playing the droid character. And to get her droid character upgraded, she needed to have a ship crew of entirely of droids. Okay. And so there was a droid on my friend Angel's ship. So my wife went over there and picked a fight with him for she could steal his droid. Because that's one of the things is that you can actually steal their crewmates. Of course. Defeated him. Stole his crewmate. Ran away while he was having to figure out how to get back up. And then because of that, uh, something came up. The Empire went and saw with him, and he was uh, side with the Rebel Alliance, so they picked a fight with him. <laughs> so he's like, this sucks, because his dice rolling sucked. And it, it this, again, going to the arbitrary choices part of it, yeah. you're uh, doing the, the dice roll. But it just is hilarious to the point where they still get on each other's case when we're playing board games, because it's it, like Angel will do something to go block my wife from an area. Sure. And she's like, this is because I stole your droid, isn't it? It's just, it's just like a meme now with us. And it, it that's what's the beauty about these board games is yeah. there's this Those little nuggets. Yeah. yeah. And so I have two wonderful mem- uh, memorable moments with both of these games. And so... This is tough for me, so I'm going to go through the criteria for myself. Okay. Which is easier I, I to I do play. feel like we should break this down. Yeah. Which is easy Once I find the criteria, Jesus. Okay, what is easier to play? Okay. Uh, that's tough because they're, they're, neither of them are necessarily easy. And I do remember there is some wiggle room. Like, uh, initially, um, worker placement is inherently very simple now. You know, I mean, yeah. most people can figure out, oh, put a... Put a, put a um, piece down take the action yeah exactly. that's not bad but then the card play makes it a little different because you could either do that or play cards and since each of your characters do very different things that adds some some arbitrary or not arbitrary but that adds some depth to your choices yeah so ease of play i'm not sure but outer rim it it does have i will give it the fact that it's probably going to get to the table more likely because of the, the star alone. wars yeah yes i i give it I, that no i was seriously going to just i think it's analysis it's way more analysis paralysis i was going to agree with you on that too yeah. so my question is cuz honestly with outer rim it's you move somewhere you make a choice you either fight something or roll some dice right. which is the simpler mechanism um, versus that or worker placement and card play yeah I guess probably if you're making a cho- move to a place and rolling some dice, probably out of rim. Yeah, so I agree with you on that. Uh, so ease of play, just barely out of rim. Okay. And we'll uh, give a quick shout out to Fox Hugh. Thanks for joining us. As well as we're going to replay value. 
<laughs> Make the time at scaling well, Lewis and Clark. Yes. <laughs> outer Rim. And that's not to say Lewis and Clark is a short, short game. game. It's not. But Outer Rim outer is... Rim a, is it hurts. Yeah, there there is so a way uh there's a variant where you only play to a certain amount of points instead like of like three the full points. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can take a little while. Uh um, You're looking at about an hour per point. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, depends. Uh usually it ramps up because you get better as you go right. along. So minimum number plays for full experience. I know there's one expansion coming out for or minimum number. I would say that is outer rim. Because you all the cards, the stories that are on those yeah, cards. You're probably right. I mean there there's cards in in Lewis and Clark. But yeah, I think you're right on that. And the expandability, I know there's one expansion coming out for Outer Rim. I do believe there was one for Lewis and Lewis Clark. Clark. So Wash. Wash. Okay. So then replay values of wash. That's fair. Yep. Game meaningful choice. Oh, meaningful choice, yes. Uh, meaningful choice. I think that goes to Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Yes, hands down. Yeah. Just because you said the one bad word. It's a, it's a four letter word, and it's almost like a, a cuss word. Dice. Dice. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's yeah. Tough. You're beholden to the dice rolls. Yeah, and and whatever tiles you flip. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking for something, sure, it's more explorative, right? But if you flip something over, it's yeah, like, that may or may not be what you're looking for, and probably not. Game immersion. I do uh, feel Outer Rim, Outer Rim yes. uh, picks the mechanism better, the exploration part yes. of it. Player interaction, um, yes. I, you get more into the role-playing yes. with Outer Rim, so uh-huh. it's going to win that one. Art and production, Vincent Dutray art. Yes, Vincent Dutray art. <laughs> um, and that that's nothing to scoff at because Fantasy Flight knows what they're doing. Yeah. That's a really tough choice. I that's And, and the fact that they did the entire U.S. map and kind of like this weird isometric view yeah. that it's like you know one side is the is the cards but then you see like the 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 native american areas you know it 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 was it's really pretty in it my opinion. it's a beautiful game yeah in fact i want to own this in my collection right. just because how beautiful it is yeah. though i really enjoy the game the art yeah now so we can give the art to Lewis yeah. Clark. Vintage but, Trey is going to most likely right, win. <laughs> but the pieces and components, the argument is they're all little hexagonal wooden pieces oh, no, no, that no, are no. all the same The pieces color. and co- components for me is going to Outer Rim. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not no, just because pieces of... could be kind of small in Outer Rim, but that's really like, the not, only argument, well, right? Yes, but yeah. you also got to look at the fact that their um, dice is different. So yeah, there, there's not like your D6 that you're getting. It's a D6, but there's um, artwork on it, basically. Yes. I can't think of the word. Modified dice. Yeah. Uh, and the graphic design, That's both tough. of them are really good. They're both really good. I'm, I'm fine calling it a wash. Okay. Wash. Cool. So we have two washes. Uh, what are the other categories? Meaningful choice was Lewis and Clark. Mm-hmm. Ease of play was, was Lewis and Clark. Outer rim. Outer rim. And meaningful choice Meaningful choice was Lewis and Clark. And then... Game Immersion was Outer Rim. So Outer Rim moves on. Yep. Okay. And to answer Fox Hughes' question, our top eight debate today is top eight exploration games in the category in uh, Board Game Geek. Yes, and we just finished the four versus five, and we're moving into the semifinals. All right. So Outer Rim moves on. But Daniel, you know, there's something bothering me now. Despite our arguments, I want to know what the fans think of this. What were the fan votes for each of these? Let's look at it. Let me do a quick refresh. And we'll Was get that it. believable? I tried. You, yeah, you were fine. Did I oversell it? 
little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so the first elimination that. we had was Lost Cities, and their fan, fan vote total was zero. Yeah, which, you know, they tend to side with you anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, moving on to our second elimination, which was above and below, okay. their fan vote total was one. Okay, fair enough. That wasn't too bad. I'm surprised about this. Yeah. The next one eliminated was Burgle Bros. Yep. Their fan vote total was one. Yep. Tied Same with above, and, above below. and below. Yeah, which is a travesty for above and below, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you on that. And sadly, the most recent the one, worst Lew- one, Lewis and Clark, the expedition, had zero votes. Which I strongly disagree with this being tied for Lost Cities. <laughs> I strongly disagree with that. I mean, I like Lost Cities fine, but zero votes, people? <laughs> what is going on? Either they haven't played it or they're just Cult of the New because it's not the newest game. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so there's our, there's no other explanation, and honestly, our voters should be ashamed of themselves. So, no. <laughs> Lewis I'm and sure. Clark is a lovely game. Yeah, please lovely give it a try. art. It's on BoardGameArena.com. Go to try the it. point. I know a lot of people have talked about is uh, they say the dice game is better than the board game. I yeah, highly I disagree. disagree. Yep. I think the board game is beautiful. Yeah, I think the board game is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really good. I have a great time playing it every time I've played it. Right. It is simply one of the most elegant designs out there. Yeah, and it, it's great because every time I look through my collection of games and I'm looking for things to call, just skip right past that one <laughs> because that's not going nowhere. The dice game can leave. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe one of these years. I still look quite like it. but Yeah, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, that's and I know that. Yeah, it's not the... It's not the best. I think if I started with the dice game and then went to the board game, yeah, the the, the dice maybe. game would still have a little more nostalgia. But I went from sure. the board game to the dice game, and I'd be like, "This is not better." <laughs> I don't know why people are saying right. this is better. <laughs> All right, so now going into our semifinals today, we have Lost Ruins of Arnak versus Outer Rim. I'm shocked Outer Rim went past Lewis, Lewis and Clark. Yep. Hey, we took our bias out of it. That's yeah. What our goal is. Well, I mean, I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be leading this argument. You get Lost Ruins. Lost Ruins. Okay. Yeah, I do like this one better between the two. And it's definitely more of a... It, it makes more sense as far as ex, Expedition goes. Because think about just the title alone. The Lost, Lost Ruins, Ruins yeah. right? In Outer Rim, yeah, there's some exploration, but really that exploration is really you're trying to find like the characters, like the ones who well, have bounties yeah. on them. Uh, you're trying to find certain things to bring to people, and that is explorative. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not, but this, I mean, they are the Lost Ruins. You are trying to find said Lost Ruins. But my question is that it's no different than trying to find your bounty it just you're equating lost ruin expeditions more yes. so than space exploration and yeah. finding your bounty right. but they're they're both very they're both big. very similar yeah yeah, yeah they, they are they i don't disagree with that what i like about lost ruins of arnak is because one it's a heavy euro game and i do like that i tend to like that more over pick up and deliver even though i do like pick up and deliver quite a bit i actually. like pick up Surprise. and deliver yeah Surprisingly, I do. Um, that, that seems to be one of those mechanisms that a lot of Euro fanatics don't like as much. I think um, that's why we dig Horrified so much, because at its core, it's just a pickup and deliver game. It absolutely game. is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so, but Lost Ruins of Arnak, what it really excels in is that you are going to the different locations, and sometimes you have to 
like go through monsters just to do it. And anybody could defeat the monster, then it just becomes available. And I like how that expands the worker placement spots of the different locations you can go to by one person clearing it out for everybody. It's kind of like you are an expedition leader. Like I imagine like the big giant guy like Indiana Jones, like with a machete chopping down vines and stuff, and I just walk by past I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry. I, I just glad, glad you did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just got a picture because it just popped a TV show that I used to watch called uh, Top Gear. And okay. they're like uh, exploring the rainforest, and it's like he's chopping. Top Gear is the car racing one, right? <laughs> it is it. But they're exploring the rainforest in jeeps, and there's a scene where he's cutting down the forest with machetes and stuff like that. And they're like acting like they've gotten very far. And then one guy's like, I lost my phone. Where is it at? And he's like, I think you left it on the log by the beach. So he goes to the beach. Where did you say it was? It's like they only went like 100 feet. <laughs> he got shouted to each other. That's funny. That is really So good. it just made me think about it when you were talking about like chopping through the forest right. with machetes. Right. Well, I like the idea. It's like one person does all the hard work, you know. And sure, you're going to get a benefit for defeating the monster. But that doesn't mean I can't go there. Like, you've cleared the path for me now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I like that. The worker placement is really cool. The deck building, you know, it's... Mm. it. Deck building tends to lead to arbitra arbitrary choices, but in this it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. they're also worth points. You know, you can well, gain benefits from it. Uh, it's minor deck building, yes, but it's it's really cool. I, I like it overall. I, I personally think Lost Ruins should move on between the two. Uh, so I have to argue Outer Rim, and this this one's tough for me. I actually own both of these games. I really do love both of them yeah. for different reasons. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I got a lightsaber I'm threatening to beat you with. So yeah, I, <laughs> that tells you how big of a... Well, and so it fact, happens that I have a machete. <laughs> and uh, more than likely, it's going to be mounted on this wall over here once... Uh, oh, I I'm looking that. forward to that day. <laughs> Hard to take it off. Yeah. No, my well, safety. it's just going to be sitting there. And then when we're, you come over, it's going to be sitting there. <laughs> but um, out of these two, I really like Lost Ruins of Arnak. Uh, but the uh, the issue I have with it is you only have to concentrate on one thing or another. Right. In fact, the exploration part of it is not an important factor, especially for me. I won the game by just unlocking stuff, going up the uh, that little track that... Right. Let you get the bonus points and stuff like that. I barely explored. I barely did the deck building part of it. I was just making sure I can go up this track, get this reward, get right. this reward. Was the first one up there, and the first person all the way to the top of that tech tree gets like twenty points or something like that. Yeah. And that was the deciding factor. I, for like our friends, they were all into the exploration part of it. Right. And I still came in first place because I went all the way up that tech tree. Yeah. So. That's, for me, it doesn't really give that exploration, whereas Outer Rim does give that exploration. Okay. You do have to go to different space uh, places in space. you got to do the pick up and deliver. You have to go find your bounties. You don't even have to do, like, a, a smuggler run, like if you're Han Solo or something like that. You could be the Boba Fett bounty hunter and go out and find your target, pick up your target, and take it. And guess what? If someone on a, that target of yours is on another ship, you can go fight them. Take that target and go turn in the bounty. So yep. I really love that part of it. Okay. Going through ease of play, I think uh, Lost Ruins are... So, somehow, <laughs> yes. I think that's Lost Ruins. <laughs> Barely beats it. The only thing is I really think Outer Rim's theme 
will get it to the table more than likely. Sure. But there's a lot of AP. Also, meaningful choices going to Lost Ruins of Arnak for me. Yes. Agreed. Um, game Immersion is Outer Rim. Okay. Uh, I have to say, and you're going to hate me on this, I say Art and Production goes to Outer Rim. Nope. And Disagree. my big issue of it is because you got these nice plastic pieces for certain things, and then you got stupid cardboard pieces for the other resources, and it drives me insane. It's like, why are you going to give me this like nice tactile stuff over here, and then you give me these cardboard pieces, and yet they're pretty much equally the same. So you're saying that if given the option of a filet, a filet mignon and a side of dog food... Versus How just you? dog food. You're complaining about the cardboard pieces. That's all Outer Rim is. It's the cardboard pieces. But it's consistency. <laughs> yeah, like I said, if you had a flame a filet mignon no, for the, the side thing, of dog food, well, you'd rather go for the all dog food option? Th- that is not no, a comparison. No, I will not give you components with that. That is a lame Exactly. Argument. Nothing wrong with cardboard. There is nothing wrong with cardboard. So why are you so upset with it? A Lost Ruins of Arnak. Those tablet pieces are amazing. Yes, the gems are those amazing. Are the gems are amazing. The, but why can't the you arrowheads? Give me, why can't you give me all, like the compasses? That should be like the best piece on there, and it's cardboard. You're just asking for too much. I don't think that 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 because they included some cardboard pieces makes every component awful. No way. No, I just think the consistency, that's my issue. And Fox Hughes says it. Sometimes he wants to eat a cheap burger, sometimes he wants a steak. Yeah, right. exactly. I'd rather have I, the consistency I with the cardboard pieces. No, I it, if they were all cardboard pieces, you would say that the production value is better than Lost Ruins or in Lost Ruins? I I disagree. It's it it doesn't have to all be plastic. No, but if you're going <laughs> to charge me what you're charging me for that game, I better have all plastic. Are there minis in Outer Rim? Uh, no. And <laughs> you want to know why? Because you couldn't afford it otherwise? No. Licenses. Oh. Well, see, that's even worse then. <laughs> yes. No. Art production goes to Lost Ruins of Arnak. Nope. Yes, nope. it does. Nope. There's no other nope. way. Not going to give you that. I like the art and production more in Outer Rim because of the consistency. Plus, the art style is better, too. So dumb. I'm sorry. I'm not saying you are. The, the no, you are. The argument is bunk. It's terrible. Okay, the graphic design goes to Lost Ruins. I'll give you that. Okay. Art goes to Lost Ruins. I'll give you that. So, art and production goes to Lost Ruins. <laughs> yes. I'm just not giving it pieces and components. Oh, my God. It's... <laughs> And, and Fox you agreed he doesn't like all plastic. I think I'm old school like that. I don't disagree with you. I, I'm fine with there being some plastic. If you it. give me really nice pieces, I want everything to be you're, really nice. You're probably also like upset at the let's, fact that Lost Roads of Arnak has wooden meeples. You're like, no, pick, no, hell, pick I'm, a material. I'm, pick I like material. the wooden material. The Dude, only thing what's is, the problem with having plastic, wood, and I'll cardboard? tell you what it is. I have to now go find resources that are nicer. So I probably have to go to Board Game Geek and buy me geek up bits for those pieces that are cardboard. Yeah, and if you did that for Outer Rim, you'd have to do it for the entire game. I won't have to do it for it because I'm not Because like... they're all bad. No. You're right. No, no. <laughs> You're being Some facetious. cardboard is not... Is not worse than all cardboard. I'm not saying that. I, what I'm saying is, if you're gonna give me these resources, <laughs> do it for everything. 
You're saying it's juxtaposing it. Yes. It's annoying to me. It's because, never bothered me. So, but but also you don't like anything with theme, anyways. This is not. What does plastic versus cardboard have anything to do with theme? And also because it's a dry euro. Yeah, I'm okay. dry euros it's have not no theme. As dry as it seems. Yeah, you know, CGE did a pretty great job. It, of, they did a great job. Not, but yeah. the thing is, it wasn't even my favorite deck builder slash worker placement <laughs> game. <laughs> I know it wasn't. If only the pieces were better in Dune Imperium, though. They are. I bought the whole upgrade for that. <laughs> it didn't come with that. Oh, goodness. All right, so we agreed. Lost Ruins of Arnak moves on. Actually, let's see. Ease of play. Game immersions out of rim. choice. Replay value. They both only have one expansion. Um, I think the minimum but, number of plays is a wash because yep, both of them you have the to scaling dig well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yep. Lost Ruins moves on. You know, one thing I really like about these debates is that you and me get in such heated debates for over, the stupidest reason. <laughs> for the stupidest reason, and it's still like, like, like we're still going to disagree, but it's still moving on. So. <laughs> oh goodness! Okay, and our next round, the final and the semifinal, will be Mansions of Madness Second Edition versus Pandemic Legacy Season Two. And Daniel, you'll be leading us off today. I get Pandemic Season Legacy or Pandemic Legacy pandemic Season Pandemic Season Legacy Two. Yeah, that's a mouthful. It is. So <laughs> I actually really like both of these games. Um, again, with Pandemic Season Two, I haven't played it all the way through. Right. Um, I've only into the third game or so. I'm in March, I think, is what it is, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Yep. Uh, I think, hands down, this one is more exploration than Mansions of Madness because yes. Mansions of Madness does have exploration, but it's also scenario-driven. Like I said, I've played more scenarios than you have, and there's one scenario, it's basically just run. You're not exploring, right. you're just run. But I've also played more scenarios than Pandemic, yeah. Season 2, yeah. But at that... So if we're flexing our scenario <laughs> basis here, I guess... It's a wash? <laughs> Alright, so yeah. for me, I think art and production goes to Mansions of Madness, hand down. Pandemic Legacy is not really going to beat it on that port, except for the freaking bits. Wait, you're I only on March? Yeah, I'm Oh, only... you haven't seen... Oh. Yeah, it's still. I Honestly, you're not going to be... You're just going to have to trust me that Pandemic Legacy no. Season 2 beats no. it in production. No. You're just going to have to No, I'm not that. going to. Until You're basing I... it off of something you haven't seen yet, and yep. you don't know. Yep, I've That's seen a... season uh... one, so I know how their their production uh... value is. Uh... So you can make noises and try to spoil it for me all you want. I'm not spoiling nothing. The I'm fact of the matter is, those minis are amazing. The okay. rest of the stuff isn't okay. that great, and the Fantasy Flight's artwork is great design too. Again, <laughs> yeah, no, it's their art is phenomenal. Their minis are great. Uh, the app is great. It works really well. This, this again, the, the, the we're CD going with the graphic app. design, the yeah. the app integration, art and production. Yeah, I'll give I give that to Pandemic to, is so much uh, easier to play. Yes. <laughs> well, no, it is though because no, no, you have like four I or could, five actions you could choose from whereas yeah, I in Mansions could tell of Madness you, you only have three. I remember the first time all of us played Mansions of Madness and Pandemic is easier to pick up because both of us were like okay we could do this, what, can we do that, no, okay. It took us a while just to play through the first scenario because we were still trying yeah, to learn all the yeah. iconography and stuff like that. The first time I played Pandemic vanilla, 
basic pandemic, I picked it up really quick because it's basically yeah. you do four actions, bad things happen, yeah. moving to the next round. And Pandemic Legacy Season 2 does the exact same thing. The actions are just slightly different. So yeah. I just think it's much easier to play. Uh, I, I still think Mansions is, and, and that's just because... The, the, the core actions you could take, you take, like, what, two actions on your turn. And the yeah. core actions that you take are either move, which sometimes will reveal that, um, fight, which is really simple, just roll some dice, mm. and or interact with whatever it is that you need to interact with. Yeah. It's technically three options. Like, I'm, I'm not... Yeah. I mean, they're both very simple, but I, I don't think that that... Okay. First off, that pandemic is simpler. Pandemic is a simpler mechanism because it's basically just do four actions. Yeah. Second off, two. pandemic Fewer. is more than likely to get to the table because not a lot of people are going to touch an HP Lovecraft uh, game. Not in 2020. It wasn't. Yeah, We're that still is on the true. tail end of it. Yeah. I mean, the, the and, I, I don't disagree with HP Lovecraft. I'm just saying a lot of people have been not very happy about the the, the theme of pandemic. Prior to 20, 2020 was the changing point to that. Everybody loved the game until that point. I don't know. I no. still like the game. I just I the only reason I don't play Pandemic all that much is because of season one. Right. Because <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I I seriously think ease of play goes to Pandemic Legacy. I'm I'm not budging from that because the simplicity and familiarity with the mechanism it's it's so much easier. You do your stuff. You move on to the bad things next turn matches of madness there's a lot more intricacies in it than you're saying you you pick your three actions but and then we're going into what what, what are those explain to me um the puzzles that you have to do if you interact you still have to do the puzzle on okay. the the app um as well as you got to make sure you are checking what your lore is or wisdom is when you're doing skills checks as well when you're interacting you have to do skill checks right it's, but that's looking at a number. Yes and no. It's not looking at a number. It's about dice rolling, how many dice you're getting. That, how is dice rolling more complicated than I'm, straight up strategy? I mean, you can argue this point. No, I, I want you need, You haven't clarified it to me yet. You haven't said anything that actually says this is more complicated. Everything You're like, oh, it's really complicated to look at no, a number and roll that many dice. Yes, that, but you that's also... That's not complicated. That's looking at a number and rolling that many dice. Yes, but you, when you're talking about it, you're just doing one thing. You're either moving somewhere. Uh, yeah. You're doing four actions. One basically is move. Right. One is uh, producing. Right. One is exploring. Mm -hmm. Another action is playing cards. Right. Whereas you have a lot of intricacies on each of your actions and matches of madness as someone who's played quite a bit of it. Which are... Again, I don't want to get into spoilers for one thing. Also, the inter madness, the basic functionality is you either move or click okay. interact, which will tell you how to interact. I'm not going to get into this argument again. We're calling it a wash. If you don't want to budge, and I don't want to budge. budge. So we'll call it a wash. That's fair. I, I will, I'm okay with that. Replay but, value. Yeah. Both have a minimum number of plays to get the full experience. I think yes. that's a wash. I, I'm, I, I'm willing to call it a wash because I think you have to play more minimum scenarios for pandemic legacy season two but you also can't play it after yeah so uh, the, the other thing is your scenario based on matches menace now right. it can expand the expandability on that because all you'd have to do is right. make uh, speeches uh scenarios mm -hmm. for mansions of madness however pandemic legacy wins length of time 
hands down because mansions yeah, and mansions can be the first brutal. time we played it it was two and a half hours yeah and that's like the easiest scenario i'll, yeah. I'll give you that so okay. we got another wash okay because <laughs> literally length of time goes the mansions of man expandability or expandability goes the mansions of man length of time goes the pandemic minimum number of plays is a wash yep okay another wash fair enough medieval choice pandemic pandemic <laughs> <laughs> check okay we could agree on that one Game immersion. Uh pandemic. I have to agree with They're you. They're both on that. really immersive. Uh, the only one I get uh, for Mansions of Madness is player interaction. Yeah, because you get more into the role you're playing right. as. Like I said, uh, there's one scenario where it's basically just run. You feel right. the anxiety when the mobs coming after you. Yep. Uh, memorable moments. So we're saying Mansions of Madness on this one. Or no, Game Immersion Pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Art and Production, Mansions Watch. of Madness. <laughs> no, it, it's... It's... I... The art is better in Mansions of Madness. Yes. The pieces and components are better in Mansions of Madness. They're not because we've already discussed the bases. There is no fundamental flaw in Pandemic Legacy Season 2. There is no component flaws in it at all. That is a flaw. That is every podcast, every no, reviewer, okay. everyone says that. That right. function is, that makes you choose between graphic you design with a cool mini or a cool tile. Graphic design. I have to give this to Mansions of Madness because of how well that app integration is. That app integration is a smart design for the board game. It, it is, takes a lot of the minutia But that's from, not graphic design, though. In that's, a sense, it is, because we're talking about, like, the overall design of the game and how everything interacts. No, the graphics. That's, that's oh, and then the graphics are amazing like, in that. Iconography, you know, text. Yeah. <laughs> I, the now, puzzles yeah. are in the app. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Art and production. Yeah, it... Okay, yeah, I not for the same reason you're you're agreeing with, but yeah, I, you're right. I mean, the graphic design is better in in. Man also, in I don't have to worry about putting the stickers properly on a board. <laughs> That's nothing to do with graphic design. They're they're very clearly designed well for steady hands. <laughs> How many board gamers have you played with that have steady hands? I, I have pretty steady hands. You saw when we were playing Rise of Queensdale. <laughs> Whoop! <laughs> Everyone took a gasp there for a moment as I just no, threw because the sticker no, 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 because you messed up on the Include, second sticker. <laughs> no, I'm saying everybody took a gasp, including myself, because I was a little terrified after I went, oh, oh, that went really well. <laughs> so to clarify for our for our listeners and audience, so we were playing Rise of Queensdale, and there was a part where we had to apply a sticker to something, and it was pretty graphic intense. Um, from what I remember, and and I, it was curved on the sticker, and I put it down a little too fast, and I, it, it seemed as if I just like threw the sticker on, and it lined up beautifully, and everyone just looked at us like, oh, he messed up, and we all looked at it like, how did that not mess up? Here's the thing, I didn't even see it happen. Yeah. All uh, I heard was the gasp because I was actually reading something <laughs> on my side of the board, and I'm like, what's going on? Right. That was that was really that was surprising to say the least. All right, so does that mean Mansions of Madness moves on? I think you argued it that way. Yeah, I think so. We both said art and production, and game immersion goes to Mansions. 
Meaningful choice is Pandemic. Replay value is Mansions. Ease of play is Pandemic. Well, that was a wash, and there was mm-hmm. another wash. So, yeah, it's Mansions of Madness. Okay. That moves on. This is going to be fun. Cult of the New versus someone not, not so as new? Not as new. The the game that took every that made a lot of gamers angry because it went digital. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that was hilarious. That was fun. Apps <laughs> should not be in board games. You shouldn't be in board games. That's what well, I Well if you say. don't oh, wanna Okay, you yeah. don't want to play an app integrated game, then don't play the game. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> have someone read it to you. Yeah, exactly. You really want to play it that much. Yeah. yeah. Plenty of games it took don't have apps. a one versus all and turned it into a full co op game because yep. of the app integration and that Honestly, I'd rather pl- play it one uh, as an app integrated where we're full co-op rather yep. than one versus all. Yep, agreed. All right, so moving into our final round, let's talk about the ones that were eliminated. The first elimination was our five seed Outer Rim, which was our like what fourth best vote getter uh-huh. at three. Okay, and then the last one was Pandemic Season Two, which was. At one. Tied with, um, wow. Burgo Bros in Above and Below. Uh, excuse him while he's crying because... <laughs> it's so sad to see. No, Pandemic Legacy Season 2. I I think when you finish the campaign, you'll... Yeah. You'll have quite a bit more to, to say, say about it. it. Yeah. I'm really and, enjoying it right now as it is. So. Yeah. It, it's awesome. I, I think you'll enjoy yourself. I certainly did. Although, no, it wasn't. Pen- it was season one where I lost in one turn. That was something else. <laughs> that was a memorable moment. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, look, going into the final round, what we do is we don't choose a side. This is no longer the cup of doom. No longer the coin of doom. They're That's put right. away for another two weeks. What's going to happen is we're going to go through our five criteria. Go head-to-head on each one and find out which is the better game. Whether it's Lost Ruins of Arnak. Or is it Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition? Is there anything popping out to you? I already Meaningful know. choice. Definitely pops out to me. Lost Ruins, yes. I have Ease of Play as well. For Lost Ruins? Nope. For Mansions. Mansions of Madness. Okay, yep, I agree with that. But now... You have to understand when placing the worker in Lost Ruins, there's a lot of intricacies that <laughs> that because we haven't played the campaign. No, I'm just, I'm just giving you guff. I'm sorry, but I agree. You don't realize that's within reach, right? Yeah, that doesn't prove your point, though. <laughs> the viewers will agree and understand that that Daniel Dude, is truly right. Have you not seen the way the vote's going? You have no audience. In fact, I have proof. They don't like him. That's cool every to time. Do. Cult of the new. Every time he puts it. something on the board game revolution, it gets ignored. Every I only time play I... games from the 1990s. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get it no love. It didn't used to be the case. It's the algorithm. Because <laughs> I used to get crazy, crazy responses until the algorithm said no. <laughs> they disagreed. Because they were like, like, the algorithm was like, oh, he plays games from the 1990s. Get him out of here. I mean, you got <laughs> Nightmare in your collection. Oh, yeah, probably so. <laughs> I have the VHS still. I still own a VCR because of that game. <laughs> I don't think I own it for any other reason. Yeah, not surprised. You also have, yeah. like, the, what, the 3M bookshelf games? Absolutely, from the 60s. Amazing game. Well, okay, no, I'll be honest. The Sid Saxon games, amazing. The rest, eh, 
okay. <laughs> At best. Anyway. Um, where, right, going back we? to where we were. Okay. Uh, is there Replay any... value. That goes to Mansions of Madness. Mansions. Okay. Okay, so game immersion. Yeah. Which one do you feel the best? Well, actually, let's go to art and production before yes, that. Yes, Fox you. Thank you. He plays to call. Yes. Thank you. Hands down. You know they just made... You uh, got board game one person. finally got upgrade bits for it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Which is kind of silly. <laughs> what are they going to do upgrade bits for? A choir. <laughs> I don't know. No, a choir. Not, not a like group the... of singers. I'm talking acquire the game, like where you acquire yeah. something. Not but the thing choir. is, the, the original choir comes with some pretty decent pieces compared to some of the newer versions. Yeah, that's right. The newer versions <laughs> of the bad ones. That's the sad part. Yep. All right. So, art and production. Uh, well, if you go with the same argument, the minis yes. are not really good. If I go with the same argument, the components annoy the crap out of me because they're not all consistent. But see, that's the difference, though. That, that's and it's a minor difference. Mine the is about consistency. Annoy you, they don't bother me. They both. <laughs> so pieces and components lost runes of Arnak. Yes, agreed. But so. art in production, who's got the better art? Oh, um, hmm, that's a wash because I mean, like the it has a really neat isometric view, but then it's really hard to compete with Fantasy Flight. I mean, it, they both did a really good job. Yeah, I was graphic design. Wash. I don't. For me, it's pretty much a wash in there they're both really well yeah done. there's a i mean there's a lot of icons on lost ruins but the thing is every icon has a piece just about yeah no actually no no there's about no. 15 different icons the the uh there's the different levels yeah there is uh the using the foot the the boat all those it's super icon heavy heavy and i and i remember one part and forgive me if i'm wrong but isn't there something about uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak that is not colorblind friendly at all. Oh yeah, like there's a there's like a few things where it references pieces by color only, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. Okay. And the red and green because it's CGE, and for some reason the European countries do not want to do anything about colorblind friendly right. games because honestly I can't think of one. Yeah, like <laughs> Robinsburger's gotten better. Yep, sure have. But Alea sucks. Well, Alea, yeah, they got better. No, they haven't. Sorry. They had to reprint Carpe Diem three times to get it right. That was their turning point. <laughs> they finally got that right. They started figuring out, oh, people need this. All right, so doing? we are saying art production goes to Mansions of Madness? Or no, it's a wash. It would be a wash. Yep. All right, so let's... So it goes to the fan vote. Uh, no, we still got to do game immersion. Game immersion. Okay, so I put that down incorrectly then. Game immersion... Oh, yeah, that's Manchester Madness. Yep. Yep, okay. Fair enough. Which means... Squeaking it out by a hair, despite its fundamental flaws of some pieces being plastic and some being cardboard, Mansions of Madness still moves on. Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. But, Daniel, how many votes did Lost Ruins of Arnak get? Six. Six. Wow, how about uh, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition? Nine. Nine. So, so if it went to fan vote, it would have still moved on. So that's right. So congratulations to Fantasy Flight Games and Mansions of Madness Second Edition for being this our best game about exploration, exploration, which I'm not upset about. No, well, I'm surprised at this one. Yes. I didn't think this was the one that was going to do it, but I could have sworn it would be Lost Cities. 
Oh, hell no. <laughs> or Burgle Bros or something like that. Honestly, know? I thought because both of us dig uh, Lost Cities uh, or Lost Ruins of Arnak, I thought it was my it was my pick to win. Yeah. I didn't think uh, Matches of Madness would have been in there. It probably would have been my maybe number three to end up winning it. But surprisingly, my one that I knew was not going to win was Lost Cities, and that got eliminated right away. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, I think Mansions of Madness is in my bottom half. Really? Yeah, because Lewis and Clark is my favorite out of all these. Yeah. Pandemic um, Legacy Season 2 is next. Uh, probably Lost Ruins of Arnak and Lost Cities. Outer Rim is probably my favorite out of all of these. Yeah. Uh, Mansions of Madness up there, but I think it's Outer Rim, Lost Ruins of Arnak, uh, Pandemic Season uh, 2, mm-hmm. and then Mansions of Madness. Or, yes, I'm like, oh, Lewis and Clark. God, I keep forgetting that one. No, Lewis and Clark's number three. Yeah. Outer Rim, number one. Uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak, two. Outer, uh, Lewis and Clark, three. Yeah. What was number four for you? Uh, probably Mansions of Madness. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm not far enough in Pandemic, really, to see where it's going to fall. That's right. probably sitting at my it's five. It's going to for you. But surprisingly, I, I would play Burgle Bros before I play Lost Cities. <laughs> Gasp! I had no idea, Daniel. <laughs> Viewers of the podcast are all outraged by how surprising of an announcement that is. And once again, he's being facetious. That's right. How could you tell? Because you're a jerk. (gasps) (laughs) How dare you, sir? And with that being said, Mansions of Madness, once again, our best exploration game. Very good. So... You know, Azul would have been a much nicer production if the tiles, like, you know, the round coaster tiles were plastic also. If nothing else for consistency, I'm just... Anyway, we want to thank you so much for, for listening in. Um, if you ever want to join in on our live chat, like Fox Hugh, and uh, potentially see uh, some live violence at some time before the end of the year, <laughs> then come watch us live, because we'll probably have to legally edit it out on a... Or turn it into the police afterwards. <laughs> uh, join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And please subscribe there. Uh, it does this really good thing. And you get notified when we when we film live. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do there, there is three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most uh, podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And of course, if you ever come up with an idea for an episode or just want to reach out and say hi or or join in on anything that we have planned for the future, maybe even contest. Oh God, I got my shield. (laughs) Okay, please email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. As well as you can get in contact with us at our future, uh, our honor Twitter account at EBG Podcast. So we want to thank you for tuning in. As always, I've been your host Daniel, and I've been your host Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board games. Ah!